0: You've heard the theme song once before, if you've ever listened, but let's hear it one more time. John Cale, you know more than I know. Hang on, let me start that over one more time. Uh, Welcome to Connecting the Classics podcast. You can tune in wherever you are around the world, around the world. Boo. (laughs) And that's minus five points because this is a friendly competitive radio hour where Lee Robinson, my co-host and me Will Hagel, were both music enthusiasts who discuss music
1: made before We don't need them anymore Hey you know more than I know.
0: Back at it again. We're back with a fresh new episode of Connecting the Classics where we each pick a classic album and then connect from our own album to another person, to Lee's album with three songs of tangential references resulting in six songs of separation, Kevin Bacon style. But you know more than I know.
2: Yeah, let's get it started. This week I picked Daft Punk, Discovery, Discovery might be in my top all-time list in terms of albums and you fired
0: back with i fired back with daft punk random access memories so kind of an daft punk to daft punk instant one-time connection on the previous version of the podcast we did catch 22 keysby nights to streetlight manifesto keysby nights so it's not out of the question but i don't know how we're going to connect from these two albums it's just no no obvious web to be woven between these two. It's almost like we have to find the web,
1: <laughs>
2: make some stops along the way. Um, let's get into it though. So, I fired back with Discovery. Like I said, um, it was kind of one of those seminal high school albums for me. You know, I think I was like sixteen or seventeen when I discovered it. Perfect age to have you know music imprint on you. Uh, I love the mix of pop and, you know, house dance music. Uh, and then, yeah, there's something to Daft Punk in that, like, they're sort of enigmatic that I think is really cool to like them when you're that age. So, I don't know. How was it for you to re listen to this album? I'm assuming you haven't listened to it in a while.
0: Yeah, I haven't listened to it in a while, but it's one of those, you know, Daft Punk has all the hits. I actually didn't realize until I did my homework that uh, (laughs) they have multiple albums and, you know, but, you know, I'm just a human or whatever their other album's called. And then we were talking offline a little bit about how Random Access Memories then came out in 2013. And I feel like at that point, it's like Daft Punk had already kind of influenced a lot of people. And then it's like you said, like people were going back to check them out who didn't really appreciate them at the time. And now we're like, oh, this music's cool. So we want to celebrate it. Which I think there's definitely something to that, but I also think Random Access Memories is just a pretty, pretty good album too.
2: Yeah, I definitely was surprised. It's, it's got some great songs on it. I think what kills me is Pharrell. Yeah. And some of the other collaborators. I don't raiders. really like that
0: song, to be honest. Uh, that song,
2: "Lucky Got" or "Get Lucky" got played into the ground for me. Um, but yeah, pretty good album overall.
0: But it was a hit at the time too, which is crazy.
2: Yeah, speaking of hits, I'm gonna jump into my song from Discovery, which I think is the biggest pop hit. I know I've made an argument to uh, you and some of our listeners that you know you can have pop music even if a group maybe belongs to the dance or electronic genre.
0: This is Digital Love. I agree, by the way, but we can get into it. But I, All right. I definitely think Daft Punk is a pop group. Yeah, this to me
2: is a quintessential pop song.
0: Wait, is this related to Around the World at all?
2: Maybe, but no. I mean, I
0: feel like every time I hear that, I think it's going to be Around the World, and then it tricks me. <laughs> like
1: but this song's better. <laughs>
0: I remember an early video came out of Daft Punk that showed, like, every sample they used on this album, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And then I remember thinking, like, oh, they didn't actually make these songs. So that was a weird realization. But over time, I've come to see that they they did something unique with it.
2: Yeah, they're a bit of the... Uh... I don't know maybe puppet master or you know they're kind of piecing together the puzzle weaving a web more than they're like you know creating each individual piece yeah they're weaving webs they're weaving webs which is a
0: talent in itself yeah and they made these songs hits too is the other part of it
2: I will say, I think, you know, in retrospect, they're also one of the few groups that's been able to pull off uh,
0: like vocoder, synthetic singing and vocals. I don't know. I honestly, my hot take is I don't like the songs where they sing. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. They're
2: not singing right now. 90% of the song for me is that Warlitzer piano solo which I think is just an incredible uh, display. I I wish I knew if one of them played it because that'd be pretty impressive.
0: Yeah. Well I was reading too that the difference between this album and Random Access Memories is like Random Access Memories they tried to go as much live instrumentation as possible, but that they kind of recorded like session musicians and stuff and then used those recordings as samples or like messed with them in Pro Tools or whatever they used. Yeah, I mean, they
2: start, you know, in-house music, which is all about sampling and then, you know, kind of creating maybe drum machines or supplementing with some kind of instrumentation or hardware gear uh, they do a full circle.
0: The funny thing is, I always think of like house and electronic music in general as being super French, even though it's like American. Yeah. All right, solo.
2: Van Halen guitar solo tapping. I just think at the end of the day for me, it's just like everything they did was very thoughtful and intentional and you kind of have to give props to a band that does it that way.
0: Yeah. And this whole album flows together really well too, because it's like obviously the hits stick out. But then yeah. some of the songs that I hadn't heard in a while are like worked in especially after kind of the stuff we've talked about on this podcast in terms of electronic music and the history. I feel like I listened to it in a different way and could kind of appreciate it. Yeah.
2: And listeners definitely go back watch the animated film that they created, they basically created a little movie that has spliced up to each song. And it's on YouTube.
0: Yeah. And there's a um, fictional band playing it, which will be we that yeah. web later. Nice. All right, I'll pass it. All right. So, obviously I fired back with Daft Punk with Daft <laughs> Punk. <laughs> um, I'm right there with you in that I I can't say I was like a huge Daft Punk fan when we were 16. Yeah. But I was definitely a big Justice fan and nice. from Justice like you know, listening to like French house music and watching the videos of people doing tectonic dances and dance into it on the soccer field which will be we that web okay but let's just launch into my songs it's going to be a long one we're locking in here this is you got a guess
2: d-a-n-c-e-e
0: Giorgio by borador
3: when i was 15 16 (laughs) when i really started to play guitar i definitely wanted to become a musician it was almost impossible because it was, the, the dream album. was so big. This is my favorite. I didn't see any chance because out. I was living in a little town, was studying, and when I finally broke away from school and became a musician, I thought, well, now I may have a little bit of a chance because all I really wanted to do is music, and not only play music but compose music. At that time in Germany, in '69, '70
2: I wanted to. So, I just wanted to quickly tell you this fun fact as we listen to this. This is actually my choice as well because it's a great piece of music. You know, we were talking about Daft Punk being intentional. Super cool way to like weave a really significant, uh, you know, musical figure like Giorgio Moroder. And then uh, a little detail that he was saying in an interview is that for each like era he's discussing, they actually gave him a different microphone from the era to record with. Wow. Because they're just like nerds like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. Give you a thousand so, points. Just also for that. pronouncing his name correctly. I don't claim to pronounce names for the <laughs> record. I let it go. I didn't I didn't want to call you out. Yeah, you just had to. All right, minus 100 to you for not calling me out and then slipping <laughs> in the correct pronunciation.
3: <laughs> it like right, the, of the, With the sounds of the 50s, the sounds of the 60s, of the 70s, and then have... A sound of the future and I said wait a second I know the synthesizer why don't I use the synthesizer which is the sound of the future and I didn't have any idea what to do but I knew I needed a click so we put the click on the 24 track which then was synced to the Moog modular I knew that could be a sound of the future but I didn't realize how much the impact would be my name is Giovanni Giorgio, but everybody calls me Giorgio. This song's better
0: than any uh, any podcast about music. Just let Giorgio speak. Yeah, and so this is like an homage. He was super famous for, you know, these sort of arpeggiated synth lines like this. He made the Scarface soundtrack, which I didn't realize. I almost played one of the songs from that. Yeah, a, like, he, he did a bunch of
2: soundtracks.
0: I was looking through of my old
2: notes. I actually played one of his songs way back in an episode, and it was for Never Ending Story. Do you remember that movie?
0: Yeah, that's funny. Another funny quote I found online was that uh, Giorgio, however you say his last name, Mordor. Marauder, Marauder. <laughs> Murdoch, Giorgio Murdoch. Uh, he, he like, essentially said his son was a huge Daft Punk fan and then, like, his son didn't appreciate him until he was on this song, which I feel like is just kind of goes back to what we were talking about sampling and then Daft Punk does a really good job of, like, meeting the webs of musical history, but also on Random Access Memories in particular, they kind of honored that in like really straightforward way too, with like what's his name? Nile Rogers. I don't know if you know much about him. I don't know anything about him, but I know he's on a lot of songs. Oh what's sorry, I meant name? for I, I meant Pharrell. No, Niall Rogers. Oh yeah, Niall Sheep. Rogers. He's the yeah. guitar
2: player for Sheep. Yeah. So super famous for basically, we've talked about him in a past episode, he like basically invented that strumming style that was so famous in disco.
0: Got a little solo in the background here too, subtle solo. So the other thing I thought was interesting was reading up on the Lin drum machine. I don't know how much you know about that, but the Witch drum machine, the Lin drum machine, uh-huh. which is like created it's like by prints. Yeah, yeah, we'll be getting then weaving that web. No yes. spoilers.
2: Yeah, so that's the thing with me. So with this album, is there's parts of it that are so like instrumentation heavy that they almost blend into the smooth jazz realm. And I'm like, do I just like this because Daft Punk stamped it? And if it was some random band, I would think it was shit. Probably. That's where I'm like, okay.
0: But that says something about the power of Daft Punk and like their mystique. Yes. Wearing helmets and like being robots and stuff. Totally. It's funny because I was thinking of songs to play and it's like, I associate Kanye with introducing... So yeah, like Kanye, int- or, you know, did harder, stronger, and uh, then I remember I went, I saw Phoenix at Coachella some year around Random Access Memories when everyone's like, they're gonna bring out Daft Punk, and then they brought out R. Kelly instead. <laughs> I liked early Phoenix, too. And so they asked uh, Giorgio, in an interview after this song came out, if he played the synths or anything and he said they wouldn't let me get involved at all they just sat me down and told the story of my life which i thought was cool so this drumming right here too this is omar don't know how don't claim to pronounce anything Hakim. H A K I M. I don't know him. So, I was reading some crazy stuff about the drums and how, like, this song has a drum machine, but then there was a live drummer who would just go in playing these, like, crazy fills on top of a drum machine. And then they kind of, like, mess with it after the fact, too. Funky bass, too. It's also some, like, audio scratching. Yeah, exactly. Or it sounds like knobs twisting or something, but these drums are crazy. fills. They had him record a bunch of fills and loops and created a sample library for Daft Punk to pull from. For the drums. Yeah. I'm reading that this guy, he sounds like just one of those
2: like studio, he's played on everything. He played with Re- Weather Report, David Bowie, Foo Fighters, Sting, Madonna. So I think he's just one of those session guys.
0: Yeah, he's a session guy, but I was reading up on him a little bit too, and It sounds like he was one of the first people to kind of incorporate electronic drums into his uh, drum kit and like use electronic sounds. Oh, nice. Yeah, he's been on a lot of popular stuff. All right, pass it back. The click track. After the click track.
2: All right, awesome choice. Definitely a standout for me as well. Uh, We left off talking about Daft Punk, Digital Love, Having a little bit of crossover here already. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite, so Daft Punk, another one of my favorite tangential references, uh, comes from *Flight of the Concords. There's a great skit in one of their early episodes where they want a few, they want to film a music video for one of their songs, and they ask their band manager Murray to get them some robot suits so that they can be like Daft Punk and he ends up just giving them these like cardboard boxes. And hilarity ensues, in jumping into Flight of the Concords, robots.
1: I don't think that's a proper camera, Murray. Yeah, a mobile phone camera. I think it's mostly a phone. It's not what they'd use on a music video, though. Yeah, well, it's what we're using, isn't it? I mean, it's all I've got. It's taking good footage. You look good. Is it? Yeah. Okay. What are these supposed to be? Those are just your function buttons for the robot. They look like nipples. Don't touch them. Like, I spent ages making these guys. It looks good. Now let's just start again. It's all I had. Well, it doesn't look like Daft Punk. We wanted ones like Daft Punk. I don't know who he is. They're just robots from the future, right?
2: Real quick, I just got to call out. I don't know how you feel about Fly the Concords. Maybe they were overhyped to you, but...
0: No, I love them.
2: The subtlety of that joke where Murray says, I don't know who he is. Yeah, yeah, that's I've great. I've gone back and rewatched episodes and have caught so many musical, like, jokes that they slip into, um... It shows. All right.
1: Try not to walk so funky, Brett, cause you're trying to make it less cool, more like, you know, electronic. Hide your neck, put your, that's right. Okay. The distant future, the distant future.
0: It is the distant future, the year 2000. We are robots. The world is very different ever since the robotic uprising of the mid nineties. There is.
2: I also thought this song would be particularly like Uh, topical with everyone's fear about AI, like robotic uprisings.
0: Yeah, we are evergreen podcasts, but... Evergreen. No more unhappiness. Affirmative. We no longer say yes. Instead, we say affirmative. Yes, affirmative. Unless it's a more colloquial situation with a few
1: robo friends. There is only one kind of dance. The robot. And the robo-boogie.
0: Oh yes uh, we didn't talk about the robots On the oh, dances Dines. episode
1: Finally robotic beings rule the world The humans are dead The humans are dead
4: We use poisonous gases And,
0: and they the poison
4: their asses The humans are dead She's right they are dead The humans are dead They look like they're dead It had to be I'll just confirm that they're dead. So if we
2: could have fun. affirmative. I poked one, it was dead. All right, real quick before we finish this up, one thing I wanted to ask or like get your thoughts on. I know we've talked about this before, is like that weird space where comedy and music can kind of overlap and how you can kind of be like them, which their their stuff is very musical, but they'll always be pegged as like not quite comedy, not quite music.
0: I was just gonna say like i feel like their humor is just perfect for music or their style of humor blends with the music in a way that is very hard to do because it's very catchy and good interesting musically but also very funny and subtle and stuff so, so subtle but they have like a they're like daft punk like they're just a pop band like they have so many hits
2: yeah and that now that you even say that you're so right it's like they have the ability to keep playing it's like they have something else to do so that when the jokes are slipped out there, they can keep moving and not it would be too heavy-handed if they were just standing up there with a microphone.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's not like they're playing just straightforward, like joke, acoustic guitar songs. It's yeah. Like, actually interesting music. And the music itself is kind of jokey in a way, too.
2: Yeah, jokey, but also like super creative. Yeah. And 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 steeped in musical tradition in a similar way, maybe at staff Funk. A lot of homage. It's almost
0: like Sunkill moon or something is coming to mind or like an acoustic guitarist who's like characterized as a serious folk musician who might or like the mountain goats or something like sure what's sure. the difference between the mountain goats and the flight the concords where it's like very little yeah exactly it's all the same one-to-one connection
1: yeah what makes you think that you just know when it happens to you you'll know you said michelle was the one yeah she's the one you see claire was the one yeah she's another one
0: So you get more than one one? Some people are lucky. I've had a few ones. So how many
1: ones can you have? Five. How many have you had? Three. How many have you had? Just one.
4: (laughs) Can't we just talk to the humans? (laughs) A little understanding could make things better. Can't we talk to the humans that we're
0: together now?
1: No, because they are dead. Binary
0: solo. Binary solo. Binary solo.
1: Binary solo. Binary one. Binary solo. Binary solo. Binary solo. Binary solo.
0: Binary solo. Binary solo. Binary
2: I'm glad you liked Fly the Concords. That made it a lot more fun to play that.
0: I feel like, too, it's like the songs stand the t- test of time. I have tried to go back and rewatch from the beginning, but I kind of couldn't watch the show just because I don't have the attention span. But it's like yeah, cool how the songs are good enough that they stick in your mind and they're fun to listen to. Totally. Also, one time I was in San Francisco and I heard a voice and it was Christian Shaw nice and i was like oh this is just like flight the concords all right i'm edit that out <laughs> and i was in she- san francisco i was running up that hill got a little double connection here so i'm going to launch in could have gone giorgio Mard martyr into scarface push it to the limit into rick ross push it which samples that song which i didn't know until i googled it earlier but instead we're getting Omar Hakim Nice Also played drums With Kate Bush So he didn't actually play on this song But he's played with Kate Bush Oh okay okay But The drums on this is the Lynn Drum Machine Nice Just like Daft Punk Prince Also we had not talked about Kate Bush But I have to admit on the podcast that I actually thought this song came out last year. I mean, might as well have, right? I feel like you got a rebirth
2: with Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because it was on Stranger Things and then it became like a TikTok social media song. And apparently after it aired on Stranger Things, Spotify reported that streams went up 9,000%. Or... maybe even more than that
2: no I believe it I remember I was like at the or
0: 999,000 or something this
2: like 16 year old kid who was stocking shelves had this song blasting on his phone
0: so I definitely thought Kate Bush was like 20 years old
2: she might have been when she recorded this
0: yeah so this came out in 1985 yeah she's brilliant But I think it's cool too how like sounds come and go like talking about Discovery coming out in 2001 and it being more niche of a genre and then by 2013 it was huge and it's like this really sounds like it could have come out last year because there's a lot of other artists who are making stuff like this that are super popular.
2: Well, she uses the synthesizer, the way of
0: the future. <laughs> Well, the drummer is Stuart Elliott. On bass, we got Dell Palmer. I also never really had looked up the meaning behind the song, which is apparently she wanted it to be named Deal With God. apparently about trying to make a deal with god in order to swap bodies with someone and the premise being like men and women can't understand each other but if we could experience each other's bodies then we would understand each other a lot more wow and then she was saying she didn't want to make a song called deal with the devil she's like make a deal with god because it would be beneficial that's great But apparently she had to change the title, because religious countries like Ireland refused to play it. And she's from the UK, I think. Yeah. So I think this song was huge there. And I guess it was popular here too, but it was before our
1: time.
2: Yeah, she's very experimental, very cutting edge. I think that's of why it sounds so modern.
0: Also, the background stuff is crazy. Yeah, yeah, the little, like, vocal recordings.
2: Yeah, the whole album's pretty
0: good for listeners. Maybe we'll choose that for one of the weeks. It was 9,900%. Yeah, I hope I didn't steal your connection, because I know at one point you were thinking of doing Kate Bush, but I was like, eh, we might as well play her, because... I realized that she isn't 25 years old, and that song didn't come out last year. So, yeah, I love that. Just wanted to get it, get that on the record.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: But I'm just uh, admitting, you know, in the court of law, to <laughs> things I don't even need to confess to because no one asked. But I'm passing it back.
2: All right. Well, I'm glad you you made a deal with God, and uh, all is forgiven. Thank you. Uh, we left off "Fly of the Concords talking about. The line between music and comedy, which actually got me to a pretty well-known music label that I didn't realize had origins in spoken word. The label starter actually called the genre wordcore, but sort of a Ooh. blend of spoken word and music. Um, the label is Kill Rockstars. Ooh. This is Slim Moon. Love to drink. Very Bukowski-esque. Thought you'd appreciate this.
1: Nice. I do. Motel, money, murder, madness. Let's change the mood from glad to sadness. Sometimes people tell me I'm a drunk. Maybe I am, but I've got more important things to worry about in this life of worries. It's another one that's like, is it comedy? Perfect
2: example.
0: Say it again just another perfect example of like is it comedy is it music yeah. or is that all the same thing
2: yeah and uh for the background music that's uh people are strange by the doors some kind of either a person playing it or some weird recording of it
1: makes me feel better i'm not a drunk i like to drink i like to drink i uh went through a period where i drank a lot and i had a lot of pressure hanging over me that i just couldn't deal with I also think drinking is a way of coping with living in a crowded environment and also a product of boredom. I know people drink because they're bored, but I enjoy drinking. It loosens people up and stimulates conversations sometimes. And uh, it's, uh, I don't know, it's like gambling somehow, you know? You go out for a night of drinking and you don't know where you're going to end up the next day. It could work out good or it could be disastrous. It's like a th- I
2: love that line. Yeah, this go- is great. A night of drinking is like uh, going out gambling
1: the dice. Great connection to Everybody Giorgio by, by
2: Moroder. Wait, say again.
0: Great connection to Giorgio by Moroder.
1: Moroder. A few years ago, there was a wave of hallucinogenic use. I don't think anyone has the strength to sustain those trips forever. Then you go into narcotics, of which alcohol is one. Instead of trying to think more, you try to kill thought with alcohol and uh, heroin and downers. These are painkillers. I think that's what people have gotten into. I like alcohol because it's traditional and also I hate scoring, you know? I hate the sleazy sexual connotations that go along with scoring from people, so I never do that. That's why I like alcohol. You can go down to any corner store and it's right across the table. I want to do the drug the loggers and miners and cattlemen and all the common people have always done. I like alcohol. I love to drink. I love the great ascension of an evening spent drinking. Every other drug, you go up and come down like an arc. Booze, you just get drunker and drunker until you can't drink no more and pass out like climbing a mountain made out of warm pleasure right here. Running up that hill, all over. Puts me at my wow.
0: Running up that hill, running up that mountain. (laughs) Best and makes
1: me feel better. I always know that no matter how bored I get, I can always get drunk, and that's always interesting. And no matter how unhappy I get, I can always get drunk. And that always makes me feel better. I love
0: to drink. That was great. Who was that?
2: So that's the person. Well, I guess it's one half of the person of the people that started kill rock stars. So maybe I'll go on a quick run here. If you're wondering Ooh, Kill rock stars, who's running that up that hill? Uh, they were a label most famously known later on. Uh, you know, they did a couple more spoken word albums, but then they also started putting out like, music from their friends Uh, they started in the Pacific Northwest so they're big like names from their roster Uh, Nirvana Bikini Kill, Elliot Smith Slater Kinney so with that in mind we're talking about Gautier launching into Elliot Smith somebody that I used to know
0: nice this is
2: from figure eight Wait, real quick though, uh, an insane web that I realized you're talking about Omar Hakim or Hakim Omar, which what was it?
0: Omar Hakim.
2: Omar Hakim, the drummer, and it said that he was actually or the Hay-Gun. drummer f- for Journey for a while. Oh yeah. And I was reading earlier today that Elliot Smith's real name is Steven Smith, but he changed it because he thought it sounded too much like a jock name and there was also Steve Smith, the drummer of Journey. Ooh. The original drummer.
0: Damn. One so to one.
2: Webs. We're weaving webs.
4: I had tender feelings that you made hard, but it's your heart, not mine that's scarred. So when I go home, I'll be happy to go. You're just somebody that I used to know.
0: We got to bring it back. We got to bring back spoken you word. You
4: don't need my help anymore. It's all now to you there ain't no before ctc just
0: spoken word over music yeah, yep let you
4: big to run your own show.
2: i love to drink yeah, Drinking's great
4: just somebody <laughs> that i used to know i watched you deal in a dying day throw a living i passed away so you can be I almost sure don't even want to try to like explain control. Elliot Smith
2: since is only a two minute song and it's too good just to just talk over that I, used to know. I guess I'll add that this album was kind of a more of a full band sound than some of his other stuff, it's a little more acoustic so if listeners looking for a starting point if you like this, check out this album if you want something more folky, check you out his other stuff
0: and someone should put yeah, Gautier somebody that I used to know, like in <laughs> over the instrumentals on this. Yeah. You just
4: let go. You're just somebody that I used to know. Somebody that I
2: used to know. And he like yells it. Gautier yeah. yells it. It would sound so bad. Out of
0: tune. Out of rhythm. Slowed and reverb. And somehow 2.5 speed. Also, I saw a clip. Look it up. I don't know how you find it, but Elliot Smith on I think Good Morning America. I think I sent it to you. Yeah, and it's just a hilarious performance. I don't know if it's Good Morning America or some daytime talk show with, uh, yeah. the is it Tom Bergeron or whatever his name yep, is? Yep, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as the host who does, and Elliot Smith just giving like quick hey, one word answers and looking. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah downtrodden and then there's like a puppet behind him who keeps chiming (laughs) in but then he crushes a performance too so it's a really interesting time capsule
2: totally very 90s uh it also reminded me i was reading that he in a similar fashion didn't want to perform at the grammys and they basically threatened that if he didn't play he they would have someone else play a song and that was the only way they got him to play
0: jeez yeah elliot smith i think we've talked about him before but very uh, interesting guy who's like i always like his music never went deep on it but i feel like maybe now's the time to go into it because i think we got to bring spoken word back
2: yeah it's not that
0: it's not that it ever went anywhere but i think i really like it but i i've never done a deep dive and i don't know anyone who's doing it today
2: so what i played before was slim moon if you want to look that up
0: slim moon connection to yep. Sunkill moon who i played wow. earlier who's kind of spoken word in a lot of ways all
2: right every connection connect is connected in this episode
0: we are at evergreen podcast but the hold steady put out a new album and they're another band where i'm like damn they're still doing it still got it and they're basically like spoken word but we gotta get into my next connection we left off with running up that hill kate bush talking earlier back when bush was president around 2006 used to warm up on the soccer field for to go on the bench and doing warming up to justice that album cross used to do tectonic dances to get in the mood we did the dances episode a couple episodes ago and i feel like this is one that we could have touched on i don't know how familiar you are with Tectonique, but
2: I'm not. Can you tell me a little more?
0: We'll get into it over the beat. But this is, I don't claim to pronounce anything correctly. And the artist's name is Y E L L E, which is the name of the main person in the band. And this is the Tectonique version of their song, which has a French name, A Cause des Gacons, which means because of the boys, according to Google Translate. <laughs> Launching in. was a video podcast you'd see me dancing right now <laughs> but basically this was like a big song because it was a video of a like one guy and the two backup dancers doing this dance called tectonique that originated in france i don't really know how to describe it other than it's like you kind of just move your hands around your head like you like fake like you're washing your head and just do you I know, know what you Vogue
2: described. dancing is? Have you ever heard no. of that? Seems like it's similarly inspired. It's a 80s like disco dance style.
0: And it was made to like, I guess when I was reading up on it, it was kind of made so that anyone could do it. So I was reading this article in the 2009 Journal of the Korean Society of Clothing and Textiles. I don't know if it was like some student just wrote this article, but I was talking about how tectonic dances originated in France. They describe it as mainly distinguished by hand and arm motions. Dance moves include winding the arms around the head as if brushing and putting gel through hair, pricking the hands here and there like disco and twining the arms together. But I guess in 2000, so a year before Discovery, there was a, a nightclub in Paris that threw a tectonic killer night, said they were bored by techno music and they wanted a new party where electronic music and genres such as jump, techno, trance and hard style were combined. And then it essentially, the dance spread through the internet so that like people all over the world were doing it. Like this article talks about how it got really popular in Korea. But it was just, you know, along with like jerking and uh, Crank That Soldier Boy, like we were talking about a couple episodes. Check out the dance episode. Just another example of like a dance that spread from France all the way around the world just because it's fun and easy to do. And it kind of like Gave an insight into another culture when cultures were weaving webs together online.
2: I was going to say, I think there's an element too, to Daft Punk's, um, like rise of the trends of EDM that kind of happened in a similar era. And I, I remember their Coachella performance was really famous for getting uh, yeah a lot of hype around their music again, you know, as well as Kanye, like you said, but
0: but speaking of Kanye and when I was dancing Tectonique to Justice. But we don't need to listen to that. Cause the band that we just listened to, Yelle, it's I'm sure it's not Yelle, but I can't speak French.
2: <laughs> it could be Yell, I think.
0: Yeah. Yell. Yell. And when I was trying to look up what that means, it would just translate in it to Yell. So let's just say Yell. Okay. But there's another member of the group called Grand Marnier. Uh this this cocktail that's gonna lead me into my connection here is in a Collins glass, you add ice and then pour vodka, Malibu rum, beef eater gin, Grand Marnier, and banana liqueur into a Collins glass and then fill it with pineapple juice. And that's called Gorilla Season. Launching in. Gorilla Gorillas. It. Rock the house. We're rocking the house this episode. Funky Horns Fictional band
4: I know you like that You wanna try that It's like a flashback So shake your ass crack I got the boss to Rock the salsa Funk of blues or Any groove to Make you move
0: We heard Dell Palmer Playing bass and drum machines On uh Running up that hill Now we got Dell, the funky homo sapien
4: Taking you to-
0: Obviously Clean Eastwood came out on this album too and this was the other song that had him on Another it but underrated case, It's
4: my man Drake I'm highly animated even though I'm decomposing so if your feet is frozen I'm a god of the DJ spin I want y'all to just get down Little flute comes in MC DJ cut I want y'all just get down He
0: says I'm highly animated DJ even spin, when I'm decomposing
4: just get down the MC and the DJ cutting I want y'all just Tap your toes and clap your hands. Goes into
0: the lower register like Flight of the Conchords
4: Come on, trace the globe and shake your pants
0: Yeah, I was think it's interesting just Gorilla's head influence head. over the decades too in that they were like the fictional band too around the same time Daft Punk was like concealing their identity
2: and yeah, was totally. kind of
4: gravitational pull
2: in that same era of like, too, that they made the joke of I don't know who he is and like Perala's is the opposite, where it's like one guy who seems like he's a man. Come into the
4: jam or look like a landlubber and do the aqua boogie when lots of goodies baby pop the Gucci while the turntables is talking to me it's awfully groovy seeing all the treasure and the booty and the MC rhyme and the DJ spin I want y'all to just get down
0: so the fake band in the Daft Punk Discovery movie is called the Crushen dolls, which is one of the
4: songs too. Just and
0: There's also some random flutes on motherboard on Daft Punk.
4: Just twist your hip and do the dip, the dip. How many people ready to rock the hell? Come on, shake your face, do whatever it takes How many people ready to rock the house? I wanna get down lower than Atlantis Going toe-to-toe with an Enchantress Get than Funkadelic wearing Pampers While you eggheads is on the wall preparing answers Sharing transcripts while we over here Dipping and dancing, rhythm romancing Wallflowers giving no action, nope All hours chilling and max, so relaxin' Opposites the attractin I'ma toss my hat in Lost when the track spin Like I'm on a crack bin Jigglin and wigglin booty to the Um uh, Rock the no, house Rock the on you feel reborn Negative, This is a jam I'ma give you 100 points I never heard this Better lift your feet And just measure the beat on The pulse when it respawn. I was reading
0: Kinda like running up that hill This was a big hit in the UK But Wasn't as huge As Clint Eastwood here
4: The
0: More um, on, canceled people who came to mind up, as connections: exactly. Clint Eastwood. So it looks like on the
2: credits, also Dan the Automator worked on this. So, did you already see nice. that?
0: No, but I, I'll give you a thousand points. All right, Automator, robots. Random access memories. Wow. Deltron
2: 3030, the distant future. I the feel year like I'm ha-
0: two thousand. I'm having a revelation, but it's probably a, a not a good one worth talking about. But basically, just what music is is just music with people talking. Edit that out. Pass it back. <laughs> I just want to bring back spoken word. Yeah, I can feel it. But into the future.
2: I think I get what you're saying, though. Music is just communicating ideas, and you can either choose to speak them or play them or sing them or whatever.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not knocking singing, but All right, you just need for, a funky, funky bass and some talking.
2: Yeah, look for Will Hagel and my collaboration, Spoken Word. All right, I'm jumping into... We left off at Elliot Smith. Somebody that I used to know that was on the mind because I rewatched Good Will Hunting. And uh, Elliot Smith actually made, or I guess he tweaked Miss Misery to be on that soundtrack. And then I think he also did an instrumental Between the Bars that he gave to Danny Elfman for the movie soundtrack. So a little bit of soundtrack experience, just like Giorgio Moroder, who we talked about. That was my pick. But... Feel like we're just doing it right so maybe I'll just jump yes <laughs> just... It right. it's my everybody
0: favorite song be
1: dancing and we' everybody will be dancing and be feeling it yeah this was a fucking jam
0: when it came out I'm not even lie
1: do the Robo boogie doing it right everybody will be dancing and we'll feeling it right everybody will be dancing and be feeling it right everybody will be dancing and we' feeling it right everybody will be dancing
2: and are doing it right. Almost like an 808 sound
0: there. Panda bear drums. I'm dancing, I'm doing the tectonique.
2: Were you ever a big
0: panda bear guy? Not really. I remember seeing him at Pitchfork Music Festival and hating him. I was really impressed with what he was, how he was like playing multiple instruments at once and looping stuff. And I like his singing more than the other Animal Collective people. Totally, great voice. But I don't always love his lyrics.
1: If you lose your way tonight, that's how you know the magic's right.
2: Speaking of spoken word, I wonder if Daft Punk does the musicality later. They just do the rhythmic, like doing it right, then add the notes afterwards.
0: Yeah, I wonder.
2: Because it's almost more percussive than it's melodic.
0: I was reading this was the last song added to the album, too is kind of interesting so I feel like they're the kind of group or duo who you know is really meticulous and like these albums that they put together were over long kind of long spans of time yeah with different expectations on them
2: yeah the attention to detail is definitely there (laughs) I did read that basically part of the whole robot shtick was that, you know, they wanted their anonymity and they wanted people to focus on the music. But the way they released the concept, they put out like a fake press release that there was like an accident in their studio. And a 909 drum machine exploded on them. (laughs) They were had to take to the hospital, and they woke up as
0: robots. That's great. Give you 909 points for that. Animal Collectives, another one where it's like, I have no idea how they made their experimental music so poppy.
2: Yeah, that's a great example of like that hybrid pop stuff.
0: Yeah, like this song, I think, too, is kind of obviously a combination of like Daft Punk and Panda Bear. So Yeah. But they're both artists who are like that.
2: Totally. That's a great, great web. One to one. Alrighty, close this out
0: all right well i did too many connections so we'll just listen to this for a little bit wow you hear that beginning a ballad uh uh, just pay attention to the beginning ballad
2: ballad such a vibe
0: dorothy parker prince 1987 This song came up in my Daft Punk research, as sounding similar to the song I'll play from Daft Punk from Discovery.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dottley was a waitress on the promenade. She worked tonight night shift, mm-hmm. dishwater blonde, tall and fine. Mm-hmm. She got a lot of chips.
0: So we were talking about Roger Lin earlier He designed the Lin drum machine And then he went on to collaborate with Akai And make the MPC Design the MPC Wow So I guess this is the Lin drum machine Which was compared to like the 808s or 909s like you were talking about was designed, was samples of acoustic drums, which is like what Daft Punk did on their own for Access nice. Memories. So it was kind of meant to mimic the sound of an acoustic drum more than the synthesizer of the past. You know, I thought the synthesizers of the future, but talking about the past.
2: I was just going to say, and it, it kind of has that crunchy... You know, because it's on a sampler that I think people really ended up loving about it.
0: Yeah. And I feel like on the Daft Punk, the Giorgio song, like they kind of do similar stuff to this drum with like, you know, like.
4: Oh,
0: the other cool thing about the drums. I was watching an interview with, in Red Bull Music Academy with the recording engineer for this song and album. Susan Rogers and Prince did all the drums in one take like just hitting the drum machine I believe it Uh, and speaking of Giorgio he said he would wear headphones and with no click reading the lyrics he would play the entire drum part from top to bottom with the fills and breaks and everything just mentally singing the song in his head wow I guess he he punched in with all the other instruments but just did the drums in one take
1: Took another bubble bath with my pants on. On the fighting and stop. Next time I do it
0: sooner. Sounds like a flight of the Concord song. I took a bubble bath yeah. with my pants on.
2: Give you a thousand points. This is very flight of the Concords.
0: So I guess when they recorded this song too, it was like Paisley Park Recording Studio was in the process of being built and the engineer was taking too long. So Prince kicked him out and made him fly home. And it was like, wow. just send him home. And he's like, and then he said to the recording engineer, get me some fresh tape. And then he recorded this. Wow. This is drums. I got to rewind that real quick. Prince.
2: Probably playing bass,
0: too. I think he's playing everything. Yeah. All right. So we'll just remind you how this song started. And we'll go into my Daft Punk song connection here, drum machine, and also just kind of the way the song sounds. This is Short Circuit. Push me.
2: I'm too close
0: to the... Is that what it is? No, no. I think it I sounds feel like,
2: like
0: it. Yeah. It sounds like what the message, right?
2: Yeah. I don't know. Something like that era.
0: Or maybe this was sampled in something, but I feel like that synth line, the doo doo doo, sounds familiar. We were texting offline about it. But another song with the Lin drum machine. I think. Don't quote me on that. I actually saw they released the list of all the instruments they used, and it was like a bunch of drum machines and samplers and synths. This song also reminded me a little bit of Justice, like Stress and Waters of Nazareth and stuff.
1: Yeah.
2: We had mentioned Animal Collective, reading on Wiki, that they kind of got the idea for their band after listening to Can and Silver Apples. That's a band we talked about a couple episodes ago. Wow. So we're ready to start our uh, spoken word Animal Collective psych pop band.
0: Somebody that I used to know Just putting it in every song It's like our DJ tag Yeah <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody that I used to know Could map that to an air horn <laughs> Love the beat switch on this though Give me that crunchy deep, deep crusher Yeah, I've never watched the video of the album. I gotta check that out. But I didn't really know much about the whole fictional band behind this album. It's super interesting.
2: To give you a quick synopsis, basically, these, like, really pure alien band exists, and then they get captured and turned into, like, pop stars by record labels to make money off of them.
0: Thanks for listening to the episode, Daft Punk to Daft Punk. It was kind of hard to get there, but somehow we did it. I don't know. We won't do that again. I realized as we were doing it, it's like kind of just celebrating one artist, which isn't what the show is about. It's about connecting two opposite artists. But, you know, we stopped at a lot of interesting things along the way.
2: You got pumped. This is our April Fool's episode.
1: Evergreen though.